0: Watching
1: watch. We're watching Eddie Murphy on his Oscar tour. When the days go by. wibby wibby You're gonna I don't know what that is. You're gonna have to- I, got, I got you. Please elaborate. I'm, I'm looking for Alaska.
0: Hello and welcome to We Bought a Micah Pop Culture Podcast. A fun mix of fun banter and careful critical analysis. Not enough funds. I'm Ernest.
2: I'm Hunter. Hey. And welcome. So this week <laughs> what,
1: are we switching seats here right now? I, I don't, don't have I don't have a name. No. Oh, okay, cool.
2: Dolomite is my name. No.
1: <laughs> 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 All right.
0: Welcome to the show. Uh, we are doing ketchup this episode. Um, and we got a lot to get into. So why don't we just dive right in with some newses, some newses? because there's apparently some stuff to talk about. There's quite a bit. Um, if there for, wasn't, we simply would not have a podcast. We, well, I mean, there's always like with these types of things, it's always things that like are filler, mm-hmm. you know, and this first one is like one of those things that could easily be filler. It's like casting news, you know, because they could they could two weeks from now and just fire everyone and just start over yeah you know, like let's let's bring in back let's bring ben affleck back let's bring jk simmons back let's bring Halle berry back
1: hey, i'm all here for it because some news in the casting of the batman parentheses 2021 close parentheses
0: yeah, a, a movie that will probably not be called The Batman by the time it's actually released. I would guess
1: not, but um because it has to be like Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice a Netflix original mm-hmm. film. Got to get that search um, engine optimization.
2: Out. Yeah, I of could course. I could see I mean they just called a movie The Joker or just Joker. Uh I could see The Batman because the the thing is I don't think that these casting uh choices will change because it seems like they're on uh you know even footing at this point with uh what's his fuck making the movie i i matt trust matt reeves, reeves. I trust matt reeves. Mm-hmm. like i you know i don't think that he's a wishy-washy guy so we got some uh some big little lies alum zoe
0: oh. kravitz as Catwoman. Yes yeah, selena apparently she's confirmed and signed on
1: uh yeah the big one well Who i am I, I don't know if he's officially signed on. I or think he what. is. Okay. Well, I
0: mean none of I think none of these people are actually official official because they haven't started shooting yet.
1: But usually when like but some big camp it, at this point yeah. it's been a week. Usually within a week, uh the studio or the actor or something will be like, Oh no, it's uh I'm just up for consideration. Nothing has been officially signed. Like they'll do kind of the yada yadaing if it's mm-hmm. still gray, but since it's there hasn't been any news to go against it. We're going to get our boy, Paul Dano, Oof, who you might know as a voice in Where the Wild Things Are, um, oh. or his Oscar snub performance in Swiss Army Man. Mm-hmm. Also, Escape at Danamora, which I was a big fan of. Mm. Dannemora. <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, ooh. Yeah, that's Thank good. Thank you. That's, that's good. good. Yeah, don't don't that's just, good. like, swipe over that. That was <laughs> incredible. You need, to, you need to bookmark that one. <laughs>
2: I'll just write it down in my. Is that something? <laughs> go back. Note.
1: Go back to late 2017 and make that joke whenever that was. Uh, yeah, or 2018, yeah. whenever the show first came on.
2: Um, I, this is the worst note in all of my phone, by the way. That it's just called "Is this something?" and it's a bunch of things that are definitely nothing. Like they're they don't they <laughs> aren't even good enough to go in my jokes folder on my phone. It <laughs> just is this. It's something? just an, an idea that I think is funny. Like I wrote down. Families that wear matching t shirts on vacation. I just think that's funny and like someone needs to make fun of those people mm-hmm. in a in a non threatening way. Well anyway. it depends
0: on the t shirt. If it's a minions t shirt, that's a different tier than like uh, you know, little Nicole that just graduated from high school and everyone puts her graduation photo yeah. on the t shirt. I mean,
2: regardless, I think it's cringe. Like they're yeah. po- they're posting cringe IRO. right
1: like, it's it's just funny. And they're always, like, neon colors. Yeah. We should say that we are doing this podcast with matching We Bought a Mike <laughs> t-shirts on. You well, can order yours right now.
0: I I, I want to make sure that I wear my Paul Dano t-shirt to the premiere of The Batman. It's just, like,
1: Paul Dano's face. With and, a big question there, mark on it. And there will be blood. <laughs> Paul Dano's character. Yeah. Just to...
0: yeah. Uh, so he's going to be doing some riddling to... Uh, um, baddie, baddie, daddy, Robbie, patty, perfect casting. Um, he just—he
1: looks like Jim Carrey, not yeah, exactly, but it's, he, it's he's, a, like more, a, he's oh, a tall, slender boy, which is what I just picture the the Riddler in my head. Jim Carrey's Riddler always struck me as like
0: really close to Joker territory. Like well, a flamboyant Yeah, well it's not a great
1: performance by Jim Carrey. Well he's
2: too much. And Paul Dano is way on the other end of the spectrum in terms of acting. He mm-hmm. does small choices. Like Nuance, that's that's his yeah. thing. Uh alongside Pattinson, that'll that'll be a good hero villain combo. Like they can play off each other. I I'm hope sure. they keep
0: it small. I mean I, I would love to see a big sprawling bat cast because we also have um, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, apparently. Is Andy Serkis involved? I'm sure he'll make an appearance right? as a Killer Croc, probably. Yeah. He could he could be like the building they're all standing in. Yeah. You know, like yeah. do anything, you know. Uh, so, yeah, we're excited. You know, casting news, you, you got to take them how they are. We haven't seen anything from this movie,
2: but the team they're assembling is pretty fucking good. If it goes wrong, it would be a big it would be a way bigger surprise than any of these other DC properties that have gone wrong. Those were yeah. not surprisingly right. failures. You know, right. this would be like, wait a minute, Matt Reeves, mm-hmm. he's good. Yeah. Like, anyway, apparently, the
0: boys over at Warner Media keep making good choices with their properties. You know, they learned from Joker. They know that that's the biggest movie of the year. They know to cash in on true artistic statements. And that's why they hit up he, uh, Hayao Miyazaki.
1: Hiyao he, 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 Ma- Miyazaki. Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> don't, don't say it. Don't put an <laughs> accent on that. Um, yeah, this is huge, huge news that so for years and years, pretty much like since streaming, even whenever like it was just streaming was just buying digital movies and everything else like that. People have always wanted to get the rights to Ghibli movies for streaming purposes or to buy digitally, and it has been impossible to do. Now, even Disney could actually buy the rights, even though a lot of Ghibli movies are under the Disney umbrella of it all. Um, they aren't anymore. They're now under a subsidiary called G-Kids, which is uh, has a little bit more independent freedom. Weird but, name. I don't like it. Yeah, um, especially because... There are lessons to learn here that apply to adults and kids. Exactly. I'm um, not a kid. I'm not a baby. Yeah, what? You
2: ever seen Ponyo? Yeah, what well, you think I'm a baby? Because yeah. I like Ponyo Ponyo. <laughs> Funny fish Ponyo, in the sea. Ponyo <laughs> Ponyo. Ponyo.
1: <laughs> um, no, so this is like huge news that dropped uh, last week that Ghibli, all of the Studio Ghibli library will be available on HBO Max. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm still
0: confused about the whole HBO Max thing, because right now, HBO Now, or Go, I guess, if you have a cable company, but if you don't have a, a cable subscription and you want to get just HBO, you have to pay like 15 bucks a month or so, and now they're putting out this additional thing. How is that? I don't understand how that's going to have uh, any sort... Is that going to be an added tier? Can you add on
1: the max to
0: the regular
1: that's what i am curious about that too about if it'll just be like up to twenty dollars a month but then that's a lot whenever you consider like disney plus is launching at seven dollars a month and hbo like nah, you'll pay 20 bucks a month for our shit i'll we'll um, pay over double
0: i i could see pirating becoming a big thing again just <laughs> like it was <laughs> oh, t- you think uh, it 10 never stopped s- <laughs> Well, it, it slowed, you know, with, I mean, music pirating has pretty much disappeared at this point with like Spotify and Apple music and with video and, and movies, it, it, Netflix has, has filled that void, you know, and it has made it so that people don't feel the need to really illegally download things. But I think with now that there is this, this Paywall that keeps getting built up. I'm gonna illegally download
2: things.
1: Yeah, it's gonna you it's gonna start and stop, Try to stop me. Well, I mean, especially because you would think, okay, maybe with everything else starting their streaming services, maybe HBO will like lower down their amount. But I really doubt that because it's HBO, and HBO does have this aura of prestige to it. Like we're gonna talk about Watchmen later on in the show, but. They're not a. Sh- they're not a network that's interested in like we have to reach ten million views per episode and we have to reach these quotas. They're like, no, you come to us because we're better than everything else that you will find on television. So we can charge wherever the fuck we want because yep. you will pay for it. Yeah. The, yeah. The thing is, uh,
2: Disney Plus obviously has the advantage of volume of content uh and like backlog of content because hbo has only existed for so long and yeah, they do have older things they put that
0: fucking thread on twitter of yeah. all the random ass yeah. movies yeah, was max was keeble on
2: there no guess where it is hbo oh shit it's true mm-hmm. this is a hot issue i
0: mean that must have something to do with the bush administration and the the bush family's <laughs> ties to warner media and trying to cover up their war crimes yeah
2: it's like an epstein
0: thing
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was my thought exactly um i i mean i am (laughs) (laughs) the other the only other big show that they've had because now all these streaming wars are like trying to gear up where they're fighting over like things like friends or the office and stuff like that HBO max also has all sesame street which isn't necessarily a big deal for us but it could be a thing for parents they're just like hey i want my kid to watch sesame street
2: i feel bad for uh, PBS shows in general, but especially like shows like Sesame Street, because they are that is not what children are geared to like anymore. Yeah, not even close. That really. the
1: Mister Rogers kind of stuff. They, is,
2: yeah, like I was only allowed to watch PBS until I turned like five or six, just because I I think my mom didn't want me to watch like advertising or something. Guess what? I'm a shill still. Like I I fall for every commercial. Anyway. Well, but, but the thing is, w- once I got Nickelodeon, I never watched PBS again because it is better entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. Well, especially for kids.
1: I mean, kids, like, not to throw shade at one specific show, but, like, when you look at an episode of Sesame Street versus episode of, like, Steven Universe and shit's just batshit crazy all over the place with, like, f- like really vibrant colors and wild action, mm-hmm. that's more what kids are geared for these days. Well,
0: as far as the Studio Ghibli movies go, I think um, it, it, it's interesting because really the only way you most people had to see these movies if you didn't want to illegally download them i think that they are some of the most illegally downloaded films would be theatrical release re-releases like that's how i've seen a lot of these movies recently i mean i own a a couple of them on dvd but unless i want to shell out for the big old blu-ray um uh, combo pack that just dropped just have to wait for the for the theatrical re-release and these movies on the big screen look just exceptional incredible and then when you stick them on a streaming platform and they that the quality depends on the strength of your internet connection and it's obviously not going to be as good but more people are going to get to see them more accessibility
1: yeah no i mean i'm I'm still excited for it because I actually have been doing like in my spare time a little bit of a Ghibli watch through of movies I had never seen before. So I just watched Ponyo and Pocahoso and like a couple of the other like more forgotten Ghibli movies. Um, But they are like 20 to 25 dollars a piece at Amazon for the Blu-ray. So, I mean, I, if it's an extra couple bucks to throw on, I already pay for HBO every month. I'll just pay an extra couple dollars. If they make it easy be again. Dead one day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> again, uh, we don't know exactly how easy they're going to make it. But let's talk about this next news item, which I, mm-hmm. I don't
2: know what this is. Exactly. What the hell? <laughs> we need to talk about Quibi, guys. Uh, because no one is, and I get why. Because... People aren't also not really talking about Apple's upcoming streaming service. Quibi is a streaming service that is going to be happening. Oh, mm, uh, okay. Uh, it stands for Quick Bytes because mm. this it's streaming like- service, the idea of it is brilliant and the money that they have put into it and the names that they have acquired are absolutely insane. Uh, yet, it's like a bird in the hand type situation where because we cannot see it, we are not discussing it even a little bit. Um,. This is wild, though, guys. They, they've put a billion dollars in, or they pledged to put in a billion dollars in the content. It uh, stands for Quick Bytes because it's going to be mobily centered. I'm assuming that still means you can Chromecast, obviously. Uh, I would hope I could still put it on a laptop, even. But every episode of most of these shows is going to run 7 to 10 minutes in length, uh, and they will be uh, released like more often. Like The average season of a show on Quibi will be two to two and a half hours long total. Um, The names that they've got, though, are what made me really want to talk about it. Like, it's kind of wild. They have Spielberg. They have Guillermo del Toro, both making horror projects.
0: That's insane. Yeah,
2: and people are not talking about it. Uh, They also, one of their big, uh, you know, I guess strategies is to have certain shows called Lighthouses for the network, which will be a little longer... Uh, like every episode will run like, you know, 15 minutes, let's say, and be divided into like 12 to 14 daily episodes released every single day. Um, Paula Pell, who I criminally underrated, she's written for SNL for probably 20 years. She's in like wine country. She's in, uh, AP bio, incredible actress. Uh, she is getting her own show that she is like, like creating writing. I'm assuming starring in. It's called the Mapleworth murders. Very excited for that. Uh, they have Kevin Hart doing an action comedy. They have unscripted shows from people like Jennifer Lopez. Future uh, yeah, Oscar winner
1: Jennifer Lopez. She's
2: doing some show where she, it sounds kind of dystopian. It's just her like giving out money to people who deserve it, basically. Um, but yeah, Chrissy Teigen, Idris Elba, Tyra Banks, and J-Lo, all unscripted shows. Uh, a Blumhouse horror movie starring Naomi Watts. Mm.
0: A movie? Yes. A in- 10 minute increments
2: they might just put on a movie like they, they could it's I, I don't think that's necessarily a rule for
1: all of their okay, content okay like you know what i mean uh but it also could be who knows i mean i'm curious because they also are trying to tap into like a little bit of a news thing like they they're having a thing called daily essentials which will be like reality and sports like literally every day you'll just get like a pop yeah. culture dump they're
2: in. delving into every single avenue of entertainment basically
1: and it, is it all
0: gonna be a uh, vertical video <laughs> <laughs> dear god no
2: it's just mostly going to be short form because guess what that's a very smart idea and if i'm watching like dumber entertainment that i still enjoy for example like a Paula Pell comedy if i got 15 minutes of that per day guess what you can watch it all at once doesn't really affect the content that much it just it's almost like adding commercial breaks well this uh, if if they get this
0: right this could change the game exactly massively the, well, be- that's what i'm saying because On Netflix, there are a lot of shows that I watch in 7 to 10 minute increments. Shows anywhere, anything from like Mindhunter to Glow to Big Mouth. Like I a lot of times won't be able to sit down for the whole episode and be able to watch it all the way through. The ease of Netflix is like I can start the episode on my computer. I can watch the next bit on my TV and I can finish it on my phone.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying is it's a matter of if they, Like you said, a lot of it rests in the fact of if they nail it. Like, we don't know for sure, but they're essentially saying, what if we make good content but the length of a YouTube video?
1: Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say was not even – more so even than Netflix is so many people our generation younger are on YouTube. That's their go-to – uh, kind of viewing platform for anything. Well, specifically and, like comfort viewing, yeah, right? Yeah, they like just like kind of put it on passively, or, stuff or like just, that. So or just like
2: working adults that have a break at yeah. work and they don't have time to like really delve into something deep, but they're like, well, let me just... You know, I can watch their quick little news show. Then I can watch J-Lo's funny reality show. There's a new 10 minutes today. Then I can watch an actual really good show that they're going to have on occasion, apparently. Uh, MTV is, is signed on. They've invested in this. They're going to revive Punked and they're going to revive <laughs> uh, Singled Out, assumingly without Chris Hardwick this time. Um, Are
1: they going to bring back Next? No. Next I w- dude, if they do that, I'm definitely... I'm Some gonna parental get, control? I'm going to
2: get this no matter what because it's going to be 5 to $7 a month, which is not bad at all. And like I, there are certain titles on here that I'm truly interested in, in like Paula Pell's show. Um, there they are reviving and having new takes on The Fugitive, on Varsity Blues, and How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. All being made confirmed, according
0: to Wikipedia, it's a partnership with T-Mobile, and it's pretty much. You might have already said this, but it's pretty much going to be mobile only. Yeah. Um. And just some of the other partners that are attached to this. Walt Disney, NBC Universal, Sony, yeah. Warner Media, Alibaba. Yeah, well, because I mean, that's... As,
1: especially ahead. if they are going with this smaller, like, this shorter increment. My thinking would be that it's not like this is going to, like, take people away from getting a Disney Plus membership, too. If they're like, oh, I can just catch well, out six minutes of Marvel news yeah, or well, something like they're that. They're essentially saying... Uh,
2: why is you, you like you'll notice that none of those investors include Google because Google is YouTube and they're saying mm-hmm. why is uh, Google or getting, Facebook? Google is getting mm-hmm. all of the short form money. Like, why is that the case? And there have been attempts at this before. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Go90, but it was Verizon's attempt at this yeah. same thing and it failed miserably because the money was not secure. They did not secure the bag and they also didn't make flashy content of this nature. Um, so, yeah, this, I feel like, is going to shake things up a bit. Even if not, I'm going to get it. I'm going to check it out, uh, and I'll report back. They also have uh, a guy who worked on Vikings, which is purportedly good, a good show. Oh, the his- mm. History Channel? He, no. Is it? I think it I is. Think it, I think that Oh, might boy. Be. Uh, he's making a show called Charlemagne about Charlemagne. Mm. Not Charlemagne the God. The God? God? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. About Charles the Great. Well... Uh, Quibi. This is big shit. It's
0: Q-U-I-B-I. Quib- I, I
1: signed up so that I will get newsletters with more news uh, incoming. Um, <laughs> I just did that on their website right now. All right. I, little quick sidebar. What do you guys think about Facebook trying to get into the, the whole oh, streaming Facebook wars watch. thing? Yeah, I keep seeing, like, every time that I'm watching a football game or something like that on a Sunday, I'm constantly seeing ads for the new Facebook Watch original show. So they, Does that mean that people are just going to, like, log on to Facebook and, like, oh, I'll catch the new episode of whatever the show it's is? It's just
0: a tab on Facebook. It's just You just click Watch, yeah, and it's mean, just you, shit on. And it's just a bunch of shit on there. Um, I haven't really... Dove in. I don't. I don't have any interest. But it's curious because they have deals with. Um, they have a deal with Elizabeth Olsen. She has a mm-hmm. show on there, and they have a deal with the Smiths with Will with, with with Will and yeah, Jada. J- yeah, Jada is huge. They have on the Facebook red. Watch. They have the red table show. A lot of people watch that. He's um, been watching it.
2: This. Like this news and I mean generally all the news we're getting is really unsettling uh, for anyone who might be interested in getting into film and TV because this business model is in as a whole, not like for like Quibi in particular or Facebook in particular, is horrendous. This is what it looks like before things crash in any market. Yeah. If the pie, the pie, madness. The, pie it, the size of it is getting smaller and it's also being cut into tiny little pieces now. Yeah. That makes no sense. <laughs> Like the way that the money is coming in is through investments and Quaby, for example, will probably succeed because those investments are coming from the big dogs, but that is really worrisome. Well, I think, I think what's going to happen is going to be very similar
0: to what happened to the music industry 15 years ago where record stores just all closed and uh, uh, record labels started to go under and like, What what ended up coming out of that was music became democratized and anybody can now upload anything online and get it out there themselves without needing any industry help at all.
2: Yeah. So but then make less to no money. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: there, we're, there's going to be a little bit of that of like maybe we'll see a little bit more of an indie boom of people just like, oh, here's my uh, show. I just uploaded all to YouTube. now. That's so already happening. Yeah, that's already happening a little bit now. And I mean, we won't really know how it all shakes out until it's done, but it'll just be the fish eating themselves until only like three or four people emerge. It's like the t- it's the TV wars 50, 60, 70 years ago. Whenever the networks first like emerge themselves. I'm
0: curious how like a Netflix will factor into this because on one hand you have like the tech people and another hand you have like the classical movie studios but Netflix is in this weird in between where they're not quite one and they're not quite the other and just today I saw a news story about how Netflix is like billions of dollars in debt oh, because yeah. of how much money yeah. they're spending on well, original content.
1: Well, they tried content. to do the Amazon model where Amazon spends more money than they make every year. They're, um, to steal a term from, uh, the show Succession, which you might have already listened to a review for, they're not really liquid right now. Mm. Um, like they have, it's all about the potential that they'll eventually yeah. just keep making money, yeah. but they just keep going further and further yeah. into debt. Well, it does kind of lead to ideas. They have that a girlfriend Netflix that
0: wants to really make a, uh,
1: play. <laughs> you spend half a million dollars a, a week on, um, But it does kind of lead to this thing that you could kind of see Netflix maybe being, I mean, luckily Netflix did get their foot in the door first, but as everybody else is kind of peeling off making their own things, Netflix could be a little bit hung out to dry. I could see us in 10, 15 years from now, we're like, god damn, remember when like, just like everything you ever wanted was on Netflix and they weren't just putting out Mindhunter season eight. <laughs> like. Yeah,
2: it's that's it's rough. So crazy. Yeah, I don't want to get too into the startup economy and how that's all uh, very <laughs> troublesome. But that's what we're dealing with here is the startup economy where the money comes from investors before a dollar is made. And the problem with the, the TV streaming startup economy is that the, the output is less and less every single year. Like less money is made on all of this shit every year, but more money is put in for whatever reason. Yeah, because right? every every one of these ventures wants to think that they're the one that will last. The market's already flooded. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's only a matter of time at that's, this well, point. Well, that's why I wanted to talk about Quibi because in addition to the name,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is going yeah, to bring up the name Quibi. I
2: like to say we need to talk about. Hey, Quibi. remember I think CISO? Yeah, I love CISO. CISO. I genuinely had it a every month. Billion dollar properties. Existed. Because they also they had every the SNL backlog before it, and, uh, Hulu got it. Mm-hmm. I watched like you mean
0: you mean Peacock.
2: Oof. Oh wait, does does Hulu Hulu, Hulu still has it? For yeah. All now. of it? Yeah, for now. <laughs> um, yeah, they they've clipped the, uh, some old episodes like very short to yeah. get rid of the supposedly bad sketches. I don't know how they cut out bad sketches because like a lot of old episodes are just everything is bad. But <laughs> either well, way, speaking of
0: Saturday Night Live and Netflix, there's a little uh, little guy you might know of who is running for Best Actor at the Oscars.
1: Yeah, you probably know him as the voice of Donkey in the Shrek movie. But let me tell you, he's got a <laughs> face, too. Yeah, and it's
2: it. contrary to popular belief, it's not actually very fat. That was all costume. For oh, because Norbit? And yeah. the,
1: clumps. the clumps. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. um, Eddie Murphy has a new movie coming out. Um, I actually didn't even know it. this was a Netflix movie until I was sitting down in the theater... And, um, you go, you and go it got the, the big ol' in that came across the screen. I was like, oh, fuck, this is a Netflix movie? Yeah. So nobody even knows that this movie is coming out. It's called Dolomite Is My Name. Um, it's a new movie. It's like kind of a passion project for Eddie Murphy that he's making. Coming out, it was in super, super limited release in some theaters across the country. And there's a reason for that. And that's because, guys, I have news for you. Eddie Murphy's running for Best Actor. hmm and I think he's going to get a nomination. I mean, who um, else who else is in the running? Well, I mean, Leo. there's there's Bobby De Niro. Uh there's uh Joaquin. It's starting at, um the Pedro Almodovar film *Pain and Glory* mm. getting a lot of it buzz. It might,
0: it might, depending on how it shakes up, it
2: might come down to Murphy. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, he yeah. like uh, you're, you like you're is. about to
2: say, I'm sure he has quite a narrative behind him. He
1: does. Um, <laughs> it might I mean, come down to boots and think, boots and donkey. Whenever you, oh, th- oh my god, you're right. Let's
2: get Mike Myers in there. Huh? <laughs> this
1: all comes back to the 2000 Award, 2001 Academy Award-winning film *Shrek*. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Dolomite is my name. Of course, we were talking about just whenever you consider uh, the narrative, and that's all what the Oscars are about is all about narrative. Eddie Murphy has kind of been – he was a little bit blacklisted for films for a while because he made some bad choices. He made some horrible flops that you mentioned, like Norbit, The Clumps, stuff like that. Um, And he is trying to make his comeback. Another big key that he is running he is hosting SNL on the Christmas episode right before the voting window closes for the Oscars. Yeah. And if you're not familiar, that is Eddie, on purpose. If you're not
2: familiar with Eddie Murphy's history with SNL, it's very tumultuous. Yeah. it's not good. Well, I don't think he's ever hosted. No, he no. was on the cast. He didn't want to go back. He right. was.
1: He showed up for the 40th anniversary for like two minutes. Oh, it and was just like, oh, thanks for yeah, uh, having they, me. They, here yeah, they and gave. Bye. It was
2: basically like a lifetime achievement award where there was no award. And yeah, and he ever expecting him to be funny and he was just like let's just keep it going (laughs) so
1: um (laughs) like yeah
2: it was it's been rough uh if you don't know he was in the 80s he was on when Lorne Michaels left the show that was when Eddie was on the show Mm -hmm. and that was the only period that Lorne Michaels has ever been gone and he was all they had he basically ran SNL for years and then um someone I think maybe David Spade or something in a sketch they talked shit about Eddie Murphy and since then he has refused to go back there he's basically like you said he's just been gone um after all these flop movies he he lives in this uh mansion in new jersey like you know it's basically a compound and he has his family and he still hangs out with like his comic buddies like chris rock and like chris rock will tell you you know eddie murphy is still the funniest man in the world he just isn't talking to anybody and not making movies yeah he's like if you go to eddie's house he's still the funniest man in the world but you have to like get in his mansion
1: Mm -hmm. so this is this is big i mean he really like god i'm looking at his imdb and it's pathetic like the last major motion picture that he made that i even know what it is is in 2010 he was in shrek forever after Mm -hmm. yeah he he... like he just he doesn't really act anymore um little bit of i'll be brief on the actual movie itself because it is coming out friday i highly recommend it i think that this is a great movie um especially in this time we talk about it a lot especially every like oscar season that we're kind of just over flooded with biopics Mm -hmm. and they all blend together after a certain while this does this is a very unique biopic and i was thoroughly entertained throughout it it is very very funny um Some of the dramatic moments, I mean, there are definitely issues in the movie, but it's about Rudy Ray Moore, uh, who is a real person. He kind of was this aspiring musician slash comedian slash actor. He tried to be like a jack of all trades and never really broke through for anything until he found this character, this comedy character named Dolomite, um, which he used, it's this kind of like... I, the only way that I can describe it is almost like this, like, sing-song connotation kind of s- rhythm to his jokes and everything that he says up there, but he played it for black audiences, and they loved it, and he eventually starred in a movie called Dolomite Is My Name where he kind of became a black exploitation star. Like, he became, he was in the movie, uh, Dolomite Is My Name, was one of the biggest, like, box office success stories of that year whenever it came out. It ended up making over $10 million dollars. This, like, super, super small movie that Rudy Ray Moore had to fund entirely by himself because nobody believed that he would actually be able to get people in seats. Um, the cast for this movie is just, yeah, I was just incredible. At it. Eddie Murphy, Wesley Snipes, Keegan Michael Key, Craig Robinson, Mike Epps, Titus Burgess. Uh, T.I.? T.I. is in there. <laughs> There's a couple different, like, kind of oh, cameo shit, type Snoop roles. Dog. Yeah, Snoop Dogg is in here. Of uh,
2: next week on Netflix, right? It
1: comes out on. uh, We're recording this on the twenty first. It comes out on the twenty fifth. That Friday, yeah, Friday. Friday.
2: Um, Here's another thing about it too. It's directed by Craig Brewer, who did mm -hmm. uh, the Hustle and Flow most. I would say most famously. But here's what he's doing next year. He's directing a sequel to Coming to America. Yep, that's another Eddie Murphy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. So Eddie Murphy is coming back in our lives because this is a great movie. Another uh, little note I wanted to make about uh, Rudy Ray Moore and his Dolomite character is this was a vastly uh, influential character for hip hop because people actually took his intonation and everything and his flow that he would speak with. Mm -hmm. And they kind of, that was one of the influences for hip hop in New York during the 80s. Um, this is I I highly highly recommend this movie. Eddie Murphy he really does give one of the best performances I've seen in a movie this year. I think year. we're gonna be talking about Eddie Murphy a lot this award season. Yeah, it sounds like the movie's good. I, it sounds like he's good. And he, well, I, he carries. He's in almost every single frame of this movie, which is why whenever you think about something like this versus even no matter how great he is, Leo, it's very much a split a movie. Yeah. you spend a lot of time without Leo on the screen. Wherever you see Eddie Murphy. Carries this entire movie with his performance. Hell yeah! So yeah. I highly recommend it. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about just it like, in the just future, just like Rami
2: Malek did with Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Um, y- mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know I'm yeah. loving. He does sing. I'm uh, Murphy sings. To, his I'm own starting songs. to see the discourse shift more in my favor in terms of not really liking Rami that much in that movie. And honey, I'm here. For well,
0: you. I'll take this chance now to chime in about Mr. Robot season four, <laughs> which just premiered oh, on USA. Here we go. <laughs> Rami Malek was born to play a sociopath hacker. Yeah. Uh, just Rick really no. neurotic An interesting creepy interesting. Put him dude. in the Nightcrawler
2: universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's phenomenal as Elliot. Yeah. He is He's weird. not charismatic. I don't no, I don't want to no. be. <laughs> We're assuming that he is versatile and he's not. And that's fine, but we don't need to applaud him for playing Uh, a
1: much more versatile real life person (laughs) i might
0: i might talk a little bit more about mr robot as the season goes on because i love the show
1: i will i'm gonna cut you off there to talk about somebody who is very versatile and that is my boy charlie Plummer. um i praised him a little bit last year i saw lean on pete one of the most underrated movies of last year made your top 10 excellent movie love 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 that movie charlie Plummer is back um In an adaptation, a miniseries on Hulu based on a John Green novel, Looking for Alaska. Listen, fellas, don't
2: shy away from this story because, let me tell you, John Green, you think of him, you think, oh, I have cancer. No, 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 no. This book I read when I was 10. At that point, it was the best book I ever read in my life. It's perfect. If if you know any, like, 12-year-olds, get him on that book. If you have any, like, chained up in your basement, give him the book. You know?
1: Well, I'll I'll say that as a twenty four year old man, I really love this show. I'm about it's eight episodes long. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, I finished up episode four uh, yesterday, and it's a really good uh, movie. I've never read the book. I'm interested to know what you think, Drew. Whenever you read, as somebody who's read the book, because a lot of the buzz I've heard is that this series. Uh, Expands upon the universe in a good way, and yeah. it actually is better well, than you the book.
2: To, I think it was Vulture who said something of that nature.
1: I've seen Vulture say it. Yeah. I think I saw something on The, the Ringer. And, um, and it makes
2: a lot of sense because this book is about, you know, supposedly it's the Charlie Plummer character. He, it's a first person novel, I'm mm. pretty sure. Just following him, you are in his mind. And this is a young guy going into this boarding school. He's very innocent and he's horny. And so the way women are portrayed is how that character would see them. Not in any sort of, like, truly malignant way, just in a little bit more of a shallow way. Um, And so the series is much more third-person, and that allows all of the characters, from what I've heard, to get some shine, which is great because there are a lot of really great characters in this book. Um, I'm excited for it.
1: Yeah, no, I I really, really highly recommend this show. I I just kind of checked it out on a whim because I was like, "Eh, I mean, you know... I guess i'll just check it out put it on casually and i was hooked i mean this isn't like we're not talking about game of thrones here this is like a very small very grounded coming of age story mm-hmm. but it does tap into that whole uh being like about 13 years old yeah. and kind of being sheltered from the world uh the main charlie Plummer's character is from orlando uh, went to Dr. Phillips High School. There's a whole bit about that. Wait, really? Shout out to Dr. Phillips. What's up with oh. John Green um, in Orlando? No, yeah, well,
2: in the book he's from Alabama, actually. Oh,
1: so okay. Well, I mean, they the whole the camp that they go to is in Alabama. Uh, that's oh, where Alaska maybe. is from. They didn't um, shoot it in Florida, though. No, no, no. It's shot. Well, I don't know if it's shot in Alabama, but the it whole show is based in Alabama. Based oh, in okay. Alabama maybe at it's in this, Georgia. There's, guessing. Pretty yeah. Pretty much, Atlanta. there's this. Uh, it's it's a really cool setting that they have for. It. It's pretty much like there's this boarding school. But it's shot at what looks like to be like a summer camp. But yeah. the kids are actually there year-round. Yeah, it's, round.
2: Like, it's like rural. Like It's not like a glamorous – at least in the book, it's not glamorous. No, 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 not at all. It's I mean, not it's, like PCA. It's
1: literally – it's kids, but they're just like, you know, you have a lot of freedom here at your boarding school. So, like, kids are just, like, out, like, underneath the bridges, smoking – chain-smoking cigarettes. Yeah, it's and like an endless summer. It's, a, it's, it's an amazing fantasy sick.
2: when you're me and you're 10 and you're so sheltered. I mean, it is –
1: it's <laughs> – Especially, I feel like it works now, Uh, a little bit of background on this show. This show's been, like, development hell for, like, 10-plus years. Pretty much, somebody bought the rights to this the year that the John Green novel came out in, like, 2006. Which, it makes a lot Um, of sense, because when all these other Green movies had been
2: coming out, all I was thinking is, where is Looking for Alaska? That book specifically, I know this is, like, not in a, in, in, like, a business perspective way. This the book uh, is more appealing to both male and female audiences. Like that was a yep. book that did well across the board. You know. What yeah. I mean,
1: I mean it's, it, I think that another thing that works for as the show now is now it acts, even if it wasn't intended to be this way, whenever it was written, it acts like a period piece now. And it adds to it that there aren't just kids with like cell phones while they're out here in this yeah, woods on their boring kids. It, yeah. It's right before that. It's, it's mid 2000s. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's really good show. Highly recommend it. Charlie Plummer is my guy. I'm buying all the Charlie Plummer stock in the world. I'm also really happy that it's a miniseries, because how many times do we watch a book adaptation,
2: and we say, well, it could have been a miniseries, and we would have been able to flesh it out more. We don't need a series to just go on for years and years. Miniseries is uh, perfect for a thing like this. Most books should just be a miniseries. I'm going to say it now, folks. Yeah, I mean, every
0: once in a while, you get something like The Leftovers, that blossoms
2: yeah there's from being uh, this is a lot more grounded though like the leftovers introduces a universe that you can do so goddamn yeah. much and a lot of the
0: stuff that makes the leftovers great it's it's a creation of the show justin Theroux. yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah it's that daddy Thero. it's that thump mm-hmm. dick mm-hmm. that he slaps on Thumb the dick yeah <laughs> yeah uh i i didn't mean for that to be a a segue but i guess <laughs> uh it's
1: okay i was done talking about it no it's fine just go ahead and transition i
0: i want to talk a little bit Ernest just did have that written down by the way that's <laughs> just, verbatim just a quick just a quick shout out uh i watched stop making sense um have you I was guys going to check this out you guys talking this? heads doc yeah so classic doc. it's it's a well it's a concert film yeah um, 1984. So it's celebrating its 35th anniversary just this past week. Directed by Jonathan Dem, uh, the 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 seminal
1: Demi Dem Deem. He's French or like some kind of European thing. It, it it it
0: just documents the 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 seminal moment of this band, Talking Heads. It was actually shot over the course of four nights at um the pantages theater in december of 1983 and it's this thing is just it's perfect it's like you just want to live in it you want to be in the audience you want to be on stage you want to be doing lines of coke backstage with all these motherfuckers i'm telling you man you watch this shit and you're like fuck dude the 80s cocaine was a hell of a imagine, drug imagine guilt-free coke imagine yeah doing
2: coke <laughs> n- not knowing about any consequence like that would that's a dream but
0: just the energy that all of these dudes are giving up and ladies there's a couple of ladies in there um and i'm i'm just like flabbergasted that like that there was a band that just put this much frenetic musical prowess into their performance and there's just nothing else like it Well, David Byrne is
2: having a bit of a moment right now because he has a uh, Broadway show right now yeah American Mm. Utopia which I don't I don't know if it there's a narrative to it because well he came out with an album so it must
0: be based off of yeah because
2: I saw him perform uh, last year and the picture I saw of the Broadway show looked a lot like the show I saw (laughs) like it's it's everyone is in big Gray suits and no shoes, and uh, it seems as though they're all running around very passionate. Oh, I mean, that's what I saw.
0: It, one of the most famous bits from Stop Making Sense is him in a bi- big gray suit, yeah, just really m- likes that. just just flubbing around. You
2: know, when you find the bit, you keep it. You know, <laughs> I
0: I've never seen anyone move like this guy moves in a yeah. big gray suit. He's just like waving it around, just yeah. like it's like very flapping like, his yeah, body. It's
2: like Marx Brothers comedy.
0: It's on Amazon Prime streaming. So it, it, if you have an hour and a half ish to kill and you want to watch and quite possibly all? the greatest concert film ever, watch stop making sense. Very uh, into it. It's fucking phenomenal.
2: That's one of those ones that you know that you're supposed to see. You know, yeah. it's one of those, you know, you hear about it, you're like, yeah, listen, I gotta I just gotta check that out. Yeah. That's most conversations you have now. With anybody. It's just like, <laughs> oh, dude, that sounds so good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so speaking of uh, literary adaptations and Damon Lindelof from five minutes ago. Expanding on the source yeah, material. Yeah, I'm surprised
2: you went out of order with the transition. I I, I I'm not going to stop you from me I just wanted
0: to, to shout that out real quick because uh, I had a lot of fun watching it. But last night. Watchmen right. HBO, and this this premiered. is when I go
2: uh, take a dump.
0: Are you are you gonna
2: are you gonna watch the show? Yeah, of course. Okay, I'm watching okay. It tonight. Okay. I literally ended the finale of Succession, then I sprinted here. Okay, no car. I just okay. Why, Why didn't you
1: have your phone in your face watching Watchmen? Follow Drew on Twitter <laughs> on while Wibby he's on the toilet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use this to. Um, well, right, Drew's fine. walking away. He isn't going to hear my good little bit that I do. Oh, so uh, tonight we found out who watches the Watchmen. It's about 1.5 million people. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: I I heard that, and I don't like
1: it. Oh, that was good. Yeah. (laughs) Let me try that again. We found out tonight who watches The Watchmen. Dude, this show is fucking insane. I just... Whenever I watch... So, you've read the graphic novel, correct? I... A long time ago. Okay. Because um, the movie
0: came out like 10 years ago at this point, so that's probably around the time I read
1: it. Yeah, so I really, I wanted to rewatch this movie. I should say, um, movie is like deeply fa- flawed, but I still really like certain things about it. I think that it is my favorite Zack Snyder film, even yeah. though it is like... A extremely flawed movie, especially, like, the three-and-a-half-hour cut that's interspliced with, like, a pirate ship and some other weird cartoon shit I remember, that I remember
0: re-watching – I remember – I think I put that on back when we lived at the apartment in Plazy. That's possible. Yeah, the ultimate cut that's, like, four hours yeah, or it's, whatever. it's
1: ungodly long uh, for no fucking reason. <laughs> but I – i this is like one of those things where they say that this is kind of an unadaptable piece of a graphic novel so damon lindelof just does the right thing is just like okay then i won't adapt it i'm just going to expand on the universe because that is one thing that uh snyder does do a good job of in the movie is that this does feel like a real universe and alternate timeline um i guess we should say that we will get into some spoilers for first episode oh yeah if you Um, if If you check the show out, (laughs) I I have missed Damon Lindelof's writing so much like I I love because the thing is that I didn't read the graphic novels, but Lindelof doesn't explain anything to you. And I miss that so much that I'm just like there in this world. I'm like, oh, cool. It's raining squids now. Okay, I'm just going to figure this out as we go. along. I didn't feel Uh, lost. No. Yeah. I, 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 I,
0: I, Which is a great show that he made, <laughs> but I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I was completely just unaware and, un, and unattached to what I was seeing. You know, I, I didn't understand some bits and there are a lot of elements of this show that you're just like, what the fuck is happening? But you're engaged. And you, the, the information is divvied out in a way that by the end of the episode, and you've seen the whole first pilot, you've seen a, a complete story for what that one episode is, and you don't feel like a, like you wasted your time and you're like, what the fuck did I just see? No, we get a definitive start to this new mm. story, and there's so many elements in it that are pulling from the novel, like... Every, every margin, every detail of every background, every prop, there's something there that is alluding to the source material. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, was I'm keeping sure that my there's, eyes
1: peeled. I'm everywhere. sure that there's stuff everywhere. I mean, I know that there's like, it's probably, there's some very overt references, especially. I mean, even the final shot is the badge with the one drop of blood I on love everything. That. Like, love there's that. Little touches. Some are more overt than others, but. I mean, like you said, like, I'm just... I'm all around this universe, and I'm really curious as to what happened. Like, I was trying to figure out while watching this, I was like, was Rorschach a white supremacist, and I just don't really remember that? Or is that no. people that just... that Those are people that manipulate and use his ideas to fit their own uh, their own motivations?
0: That's exactly what it is, because the, the Rorschach that existed, because in this new story... All of the events from the book happened. Yeah. And it's taking place 30 years later. So the Rorschach that existed was a true, ruthless, vigilante figure. You know, he would have been out there murdering white supremacists. That would have been him. But they take this figurehead of a man who has vengeance in his blood and who is this ruthless figure of... of, of vengeance and use it for the racist agenda.
1: I did uh do a little bit of research just to kind of like I kind of tried to figure out what the ending of the graphic novel was like real little bit of synopsis so it is yeah so that's why because of course the movie ends and they like There's nuke, no squid in the movie. No, they like nuke New York or something it's like that. Dr.
0: Manhattan
1: like They, they yeah. pin it on Dr. Manhattan. There's like this weird sonic boom thing yeah. that happens. They pin it on Dr. Manhattan so they has to go live on Mars. Um Pretty much in the comics, that doesn't exactly happen. Instead, there's this giant squid monster that comes there, and Doctor Manhattan has to kind of like save them by teleporting well, the Earth well, to somewhere else. What, no what what's what
0: going on in the in the book is the book is this really dense text that deals with America's uh, Cold War uh, uh, nuclear apocalypse yeah. obsession. And, and the doom of Armageddon, the doomsday clock. And you have the United States and Russia on the brink of nuclear annihilation. And what um, uh, Ozymandias, Aaron Veet, what he does is he takes the squid and uses it as a way to uh, eliminate the possibility of nuclear war. To, the squid is a way to take nuclear war off the table and bring the two nations together under a common cause that they have to confront.
1: I know, I like, I mean, of course, I know that this all kind of started in the books that, um, I don't remember if this is in the movie or not, but pretty much, like, the way that this kind of chaos breaks out is that Nixon repeals the 22nd Amendment and gets elected a third term. Yeah, And that's kind of what starts this, like, state of international unrest. But I like... I'm happy that this is this show is based in 2019. It's not based in the Cold War times. So we get to see 50 years after the events of the graphic novel. And occurred. it's so many
0: little details that make this an alternate 2019. It's mm. not just the
1: the police th- gun thing, how they're like the the police are like more controlled. They all have to be recorded at all times. Their guns are locked in their car and they have to get approval to have their guns released.
0: I I'm so fascinated by, by what Damon is doing by t- exploring police itself. Yeah. Because po- police it's... is not a big thing in the book, really. It's all about superheroes and vigilantes. But in Watchmen, in this new Watchmen, the
1: police are
0: the superheroes.
1: Yeah, we're getting dropped into a world. And it, it, I should say that it's not certain things are politicized, but it's not negatively politicized towards police officers. Yeah. Because this is a world you're being dropped in after this world has been fully developed. So they, the vigilantes are now have to be controlled to a certain extent just to keep order and that's why we have the cops set up as they are and they even have like quote-unquote superheroes fighting alongside them that are yeah. these and
0: it's so cool like the detectives get to wear these crazy like full-on superhero favorite one costumes. is panda that's
1: just like a panda. dude in a tank top and just <laughs> no, wearing my a panda hat. my guy tim blake nelson <laughs> yes yeah, looking nelson. glass with oh. the
0: mirror mask Man, I am just all in on this show. Mm. Just give it to me. It is just phenomenal, fantastic, excellent, brilliant, fantastic, all of it. It's one episode in. Two weeks ago, we talked about Joker and how that movie just absolutely failed at making any sort of statement about anything. You can tell that Damon Lindelof with Watchmen is trying to go for some weighty themes and he is going for it. And obviously, you know, there is an advantage to having a, a multi-episode TV show versus a two-hour movie, mm-hmm. obviously.
2: Dude, if, but if Todd Phillips <laughs> got Watchmen, he could make it even better. Than Whoa, where'd you come from? <laughs> Sorry, I, ju- I was eavesdropping. I was just the, brewing some quibby tea over here. You are putting
1: on your clown makeup. <laughs> no, no, we're not clowns anymore. We're, we are Rorschachs. Dude. We're all just here just taking batteries out of our old-timey watches. I, another,
0: another thing I'm fascinated by is how Damon, Damon Lindelof is exploring the themes of white supremacy. Yeah, like the issue that this nation has with this beast, this monster that has been bubbling under the surface forever. The way the show starts, oh my God. Mild spoilers here, but I did not know. I genuinely did not know about the 1921 massacre yeah. of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, like this is something that was history. that this was not talked about in history books at all. Like Lee, we watched it together, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I learned about this recently," and I looked it up on Wikipedia, and now I, I got into like a Wikipedia hole reading about it's this. Wild shit. Like the way this show starts is this violent chaos that you're watching a heightened tv show you're thinking oh okay here we go starting it on it's almost like a I, I, I saw someone on twitter very astutely compare it to superman and um uh what's super krypton like the the end of krypton mm. and how uh there's this child that's being saved from the the violent end of a world and uh, that aside just the fact that this is a real event that this was a a a unspeakable act of race uh, killings, racial killings the 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 Black Wall Street of Tulsa was the wealthiest uh, black district in America, and white supremacists tore it burned it down mm-hmm. completely level i mean
1: it. it's it is the perfect like cold open to real show that establishes the tone of oh yeah this is what from we're from the job and also great job by the marketing team on this nothing was revealed all that you see in the marketing and everything is just like look it's it's the rorschach boys you don't even know if they're good or bad right. or anything for like the marketing the whole, <laughs> like the it's... whole
0: white supremacy angle is something that is not really revealed in any of the marketing. Mm. So you can go into this not knowing that. But but now that we've seen the first episode, I am so interested in how they're going to handle this. And based on this pilot, it seems like it is a very tricky thing to try to do You know, when you're handling subject matter like this. And already... One episode in, already people are coming out of the woodwork being like, oh, this political garbage. Well, this it's... is
1: going to be a show that is not much like everything that Damon Lindelof does. Like, this is not a show for everybody. Right, this is right. not. <laughs> I mean, there's a scene. I'm not going to
0: give it away, but there's a scene at a at a cattle ranch that is much like the scene in the leftovers very very visceral (laughs) well it's much like the scene in the leftovers pilot at Mm. at the end of the pilot where uh thoreau fucking guns down the dogs
2: we love it and we love the leftovers pilot
0: if if you are not okay with that then don't watch the show (laughs) just don't it's not for you and Um. that's damon telling you right up front like look we're going for some intense hard to watch shit here
2: it, so, I, it sounds really good. So, I should probably I'm probably going to like watch it maybe. Check just, it out. I'm Quick so, thing. I'm so right now. We dude.
1: just I we don't even know how much his character will factor into it, but Jeremy Irons. The God I'm very Jeremy interested. Irons. I
0: I've I've heard uh Alfred? when he when he <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Holy shit. Alfred. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when he first got cast, uh, uh everyone said it was his, as Ozymandias – um, but there's like a newspaper that says Ozymandias is dead in this pilot. And now there's theories popping up online on well, Reddit. That there's he a might very
1: be- interesting scene that happens on like his quote unquote anniversary, yeah. not his birthday. And like there's a butler maybe some kind of like an Android type thing so where he just strange. hands him a horseshoe and he's just like, would a knife have been more appropriate? <laughs> Damn it. Should, I leave? <laughs> Should I just leave? No, 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 no. I mean, that's not even this. It's like a throwaway scene. Like it, you have no idea what's happening in that scene. Yeah. Whenever it happens. It's that's just, I, this
0: is, this is one, I don't want to overhype it, but to me, this is one of the well, best pilots I've ever seen. I mean,
2: we know, we know your taste Ernest.
0: It's, it's dense. It's methodical. It's, overloaded without being overwhelming mm-hmm. and it just perfectly sets up this world yeah uh and i'm i'm ready this for was, it i'm Let's go
2: this was already yeah. just made for you yeah like this yeah. is your shit i if know You could make a show it would probably be this yeah maybe? like
0: <laughs> i mean just the fact that damon lindelof decided to do ip shit Next.
2: The fact, and the fact that he's allowed to. Yeah,
0: it was this weird thing where it's like, oh, really? That Watchmen? That's the next thing you're doing? But i mean fucking in which go in, for in, it man in lindelof i trust remember you i mean I
2: remember he wrote that fucking novel about why he was doing it yeah yeah <laughs> that was like 20 pages yeah of like he
0: like he reposted it too on instagram like hey just a reminder just a reminder like, <laughs> one out of 200 i really like watchmen <laughs> i'm bad at endings <laughs> so and so this letter. hopefully hbo
1: <laughs> just keep this going <laughs>
0: all right Woo! well that about wraps it up for today's episode uh thank you for listening follow us on twitter instagram facebook and hit us up with any thoughts you might have um we really appreciate it and uh yeah rate and review on your favorite podcast app recommend it to your friends um follow us all on twitter letterbox all Absolutely. that good shit. listen to our thoughts on season two of succession finally and maybe one day we will talk about Paddington, too, because the bear is great. It's the big he piece. is good. I think uh, it's Hunter. Are you watching football right now? Is that yeah. Um, you guys just missed. Uh,
1: you just missed the trailer for Star Wars. The Last Jedi? Oh, no. is that what that happened? Oh, my Tom God. Researcher. Yeah. Do you know, that new Paul I'm doing Rudd research. I'm doing research yeah. on what Sony Michelle can't catch a fucking ball in the flat.
0: The new Paul me. Rudd show on Netflix. I watched. The I first really want to check that show out fucking tom brady
1: shows yeah brady shows up <laughs> and he makes a joke about the robert Ew. Kraft, uh the robert Kraft sex scandal <laughs> what is going on i love it that's my guy that's my fucking daddy oh, my
0: God, all right, right on that note thanks for listening tom brady knew
1: we love you about see what? you next week 20
2: different things like <laughs> you.
1: about kissing his son no, on the mouth it. he knew about the human oh, trafficking yeah. victims he his tried family. to get his son involved in the human trafficking yeah he, but...
2: he's trafficking his kids Right. he's not home He's like well I don't need you Well I'm a,
1: I want him to fucking traffic me I was dick Alright bye Bye Send a heartbeat to